Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Ali. Um, and today I thought it would be really interesting to talk about love. And I know this might be an interesting topic, but basically femininity and what it means to speak the truth with love, um, to embrace true femininity and how our culture is um, distorting true femininity and masculinity and I feel like it's something that we need to really address um, if you follow me on Instagram um, like my personal account on Instagram I know like basically like friends are, are listening to this so you would probably be following me I made a post about a year ago or so I can't remember exactly um, I think it might have been even two years ago, um, where I wrote a whole long thing, like, literally, God put this on my heart, and I knew he did, and it was about true femininity and true masculinity, and this was basically, I think this was actually, um, last year, beginning of last year-ish, and, um, I was still taking a bioethics class at the time, um, and, um, I think this was before COVID and everything. Basically, what happened is um, we had a talk about, you know, like, we kind of talked about true femininity and, and masculinity, and I feel like that's really important when you're talking about issues um, like like controversial type things and issues in our society, like things like abortion, etc. Um, and anyways, we... We're just talking a lot about that stuff and, and, and how important it is to speak the truth with love. And so um, I just felt like God put something on my heart. And so I remember like writing it down and and just going out there and saying this. And I had a few people like contact me afterwards and they were like, oh my goodness, like, we need more of this, you know, in society, and I was so thankful that people were responding that way, um, I did notice that some people were kind of like, ew, she's talking about this, and were kind of thrown off, and because some people just, they, they don't agree with that, they want to go along with society, and that's okay, but I'm telling you, that's not who I am, so if you don't want to listen to this, you don't have to listen to this episode, but I am telling you that I feel like it is something that, it's always a topic that has been on my heart, and it's something that I feel like is important to talk about, so I'm going to read this to you real quick, it's not very long, because of course Instagram only lets you um, have so many characters, Um, I started off with the Bible verse, 1 Peter 3, 4. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. As I was quietly reading a book on bioethics this evening, I felt the true beauty of the gift of femininity. God has created men and women equally. Each serves a beautiful purpose in the world that God created. Despite today's society that makes women feel that they're only pretty objects and they can do whatever they want with their bodies, God reminds us that true beauty is reflected in our souls. So don't be afraid to share that pro-life post on your Instagram story. Don't be afraid to wear a veil to mass. Don't be afraid to pray for your future spouse. Don't be afraid to dress modestly. Don't be afraid to go against what society says is right. 
We need women and especially men stepping up to defend life and the importance of sacred marriages. Mother Mary offers a beautiful example of true femininity. She's the perfect role model next to Jesus for us to follow. Next time you question your beauty and your worth, don't put on more lipstick or more perfume, but put on Christ's love and show the world the true beauty of saintly woman. Oh, like, I can't believe that those that I wrote that. <laughs> um, because it gives me chills and it makes me want to cry. And I'm telling you guys, I don't even know how that just came out. It was so the Holy Spirit. And it was last year I was reading bioethics book because I was trying to do extra bioethics work alongside of it for like more of a credit. And that class was literally my favorite class, probably by far in high school, because I learned things that I needed to learn. Even though I grew, I I was always pro-life, I grew up with that and I knew that that was right. I knew that that was morally right and I knew what society said um, was wrong, that pro-choice is very, very wrong and that the argument, my body, my choice is so false and it's so discombobulated. It's, It's just something that I know is very, very false. Um, because the child is not a part of your body it is attached to your body and I want to say that like even as a young child I I always knew that and I always saw that I saw life as a beautiful gift and I saw the fact that God allowed human beings to bring life into the world as such a beautiful gift and I saw motherhood as a beautiful gift at a young young age and at a young age that's something that I knew I wanted to experience um, I knew that I wanted to do with my life in the future. But again, it is, it is almost scary to think about because it can be so scary to think about the fact that there's, there's just so much hurt and brokenness in our society and our world and things that just distort true femininity and masculinity that make it hard to live that out. And I feel like it is a very difficult vocation to pursue. Any vocation that God calls you to pursue is going to be difficult. But I think in today's society, marriage is actually very difficult to pursue because um, society wants more broken families. And I know that sounds bad, but if you do the research, it's true. Um, And the Catholic Church, of course, does not even allow divorce. Divorce is not a possibility in the Catholic Church. Of course, if the marriage was invalid, um, etc., like, then they can make an exception. They could give you an annulment, say that the marriage was invalid, but divorce is not possible. Divorce is something that does break families apart. The Catholic Church doesn't allow it, but of course, there's people out there that still don't see that. And, um, you know, if your parents are divorced, that's out of your control. And But I think if you have divorced parents, you can see that the brokenness. And, you know, and I know people in my life that have divorced parents. In fact, I have a very close family member. I'm not going to say who. That, had, that grew up with divorced parents. And I can tell you the heartache and the pain that it can cause a family and you're living in these two different worlds. Um, some people think it's great, and I think maybe younger kids think it's great because two Christmases, two this and that. 
but I knew at a young age that that was wrong. There were all these things that God put on my heart that I knew at a young age were wrong, and I knew that I didn't want that, and I didn't want anyone else to have to experience that, and I knew that there was something that could be done, and I almost felt like God was calling me to the married life because it's like he wanted me to be an example, you know what I mean? Um, And it can be difficult because you feel like, well, maybe the best way that I can get to heaven is becoming a nun if you're a lady or becoming a priest, you know, if you're a man or a brother, etc. Like, if you're a man, you can become a brother, um, a monk, etc. And, of course, you can become a sister or a nun, or you can become a wife and a mother. Um, God calls so many different people to different vocations, and it's really what he puts on your heart. And I have, like, felt very conflicted, I guess. Like, I was thinking, well, maybe if the best way to heaven would be becoming a nun cause, or a sister. Because when you look at the saints and stuff, you, there's so many sisters and there's so many nuns. And you're thinking, I want to be a saint, too. And um, really, what it means to be a saint is to get into heaven. But if you want to be actually called a saint, de- declared a saint by the church, of course, miracles, certain number of miracles have to happen in order for that to be possible if you know what I mean but basically what I'm trying to say is that like it's so important to listen to God's call and where he's calling you to if you feel that you're called to the married life I encourage you very very strongly to start praying for a good and holy spouse and start praying that God is already shaping their heart to be welcome just like welcoming to to life welcoming to children welcoming to you know, the Catholic Church and how they realize that it's the one true church, you know, that they put God first before anyone and anything, and that they realize that um, that God is the biggest part in any relationship that you are in, and etc. Like, you want to pray that their heart is being guarded and protected, and that they're being chased, and that they're surrounding themselves with good people. If you feel that you're called to the married life, and it might seem awkward to pray for someone you don't know you're, if you're going to meet, etc. But what I do is I, you know, I need to do this more often, but I was doing this quite a bit at one point. But you say that, like, God, if you are calling me to the married life, like, I want to be prepared for this. And I would like to pray for my future husband that he will be holy and he will be strong, that he will stand up for, you know, our family, etc. you know, like, that he will be open to life and everything, like, you have to start praying, and I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's getting really, really hard to find people that have morals and share similar beliefs as you, even as a Catholic, as sad as that sounds, you know, we, you know, it, it can be very broken, but you have to realize the brokenness in our church is not it's not the church, it's the people. It's not the Catholic Church that's broken because the Catholic Church is is always going to win. You know, we will always prevail. The gates of hell cannot ruin heaven um, and, and earth and, and, you know, the Catholic Church on earth, etc. Like, we will always win. But there's going to be people you're going to encounter in your life that are going to distort your vision of that and your belief in that and 
if you're in a serious relationship with someone, you might be worried that, oh, like, what if they, you know, like, maybe you're dating someone very seriously and they're not Catholic. What if they're not going to let me bring our children into the Catholic Church, etc.? Like, those are things that I think, even though they might seem far away in the future, like, that's something that you do have to pray about. You do have to pray if you feel that God is calling you to marriage. Like, pray that God, that he will guard your heart and that he will bring you a good and holy spouse. Um, another thing that you could do also as well is have fun being single. This is something that I'm learning that I have realized is so important. You cannot be dependent entirely on someone. Sure, when you marry um, someone, you are you become one, and that's what the Catholic Church believes. You are now together as one. And um, I feel like it's just so important to just be able to, to learn how to thrive as a single person. Realize that you can't always be entirely dependent on someone because, like, what if God decides to take your loved one away from you and you weren't expecting that, etc.? Like, you're going to experience a lot of heartbreak, but you always have to be prepared for the worst, you know, and, and when you get married, it's for better or for worse, and you have to be there for each other through thick and thin, um, and you have to learn to be able to solve these problems, etc., and I remember my bioethics class when we were talking about divorce and, and stuff, and we were talking about how there's always counseling, like there's there's marriage counseling, and you know, you can find good Catholic counselors, and if anything, it's actually better to go to a priest and get counseling um, because if you go to a very secular person it could start to ruin and distort your ideas and they could start pressuring the thought of divorce and stuff on you and I know you're thinking Ali you're you haven't dated you're not married you're not in a relationship with someone how could you speak about these things if you don't know but um, I've actually done a lot of research um, I actually thought about um, getting my master's in bioethics and becoming a bioethics journalist. Um, it's still something that God has put on my heart. And as you can see, this is a topic that I get very passionate about, um, something that I could write a lot about because it's something that I do feel like God has put on my heart, although I do find it a little scary and intimidating because I feel like the world hates what I have to say. But that gives me all the more reason to say it, I feel like. Um, that's just something that I feel like we need to learn to do in our society. I know this episode's like all over the place because I'm kind of talking about like true femininity and true masculinity and marriage and divorce and abortion, etc. These things that are just kind of normalized in our society as everyday things that people do and you can't do anything about. But I promise you prayer is a powerful thing your voice is a powerful thing and every voice deserves to be heard whether people say that or not you know everyone's about all about equality but really it's not about that it's actually about following a certain agenda etc and you just have to realize that God loves everyone no matter what you did or like whether you know someone who who has gone an abortion or something god still loves that woman who decided to get an abortion you know what i mean like she 
you know, it's just kind of like, God will always forgive you. God loves everyone, you know? And I think that's the thing is that people think that people who are pro-life and Catholic or um, realize that divorce is wrong, etc., they think that we are hateful, that we are unkind, that we are not loving. But we are loving because we're coming from a, a perspective of love and holiness because God, it, it's like we, it, it's because we know that God is telling us that this is wrong. And that's the thing when you're trying to approach someone and tell someone like about abortion, etc. That's something that I think is best handled one-on-one or over a phone call and you speak the truth with love. That was our bioethics class motto. We said, speak the truth with love. You cannot come to someone with anger or forcefulness um, because if you're forcing something on someone, they're not going to want to do it. It's something that the human person just can't stand, you know? Anyways, just you have to learn to speak the truth with love and not be afraid to speak up and not be able, not be afraid to like say something when someone says something like, um, maybe they know someone that's going to get an abortion, etc., or they know someone that is going through a divorce or wants to get a divorce. Or these are things that, as we get older, are things that we really should be praying about, that we really should be equipped to to talk to people with, with love and with truth, um, and with knowledge, because we could change a person's heart and perspective just by one little thing and what I say like um the way that my I think this is the way that my bioethics teacher put it um or maybe that's the way like I like to explain it I can't remember if it was if she was the one who told me about who kind of used this analogy or if it was me who came up with it I'm pretty sure it was my bioethics teacher and Anyways, she said, it's your job to plant the seeds in their mind, and it's God's job to water them and let them grow. Same thing if you're trying to teach someone about the Catholic faith. You can't throw everything at them at once. You, or if you're just trying to tell some, an atheist about God and why God exists and why we need God in our lives and why you can't shut him away, um, etc., like, you have to just plant those little ideas there, plant those little seeds there. And it can just be something ever so brief. And anytime you feel like you're really scared to say something or you don't know what to say, give it to God. Or really, you should just say, come Holy Spirit, come. Um, Like, please enkindle in me this um, a fire for God's love that I might be able to share with this person, that I might be able to speak and share the truth with love. And that can go a really long way, even if you just say something so, so, so simple. And this leads me to tell you guys about a book that I'm not sure if I mentioned before, and I might have. Um, There's a book called Made This Way, um, and I cannot remember who wrote the book, but if you look up Made This Way, um, you will probably be able to find it. I think the cover, front cover is actually like a family like holding hands or something and um, has like blue binding or something like that. Anyways, this book is amazing because it allows you, even though it's actually written for parents 
to t- explain things to children. It's actually a good way of, if you're younger, you know, teen or college student or et cetera, like it's a good way of having things easily explained to you and broken down in a way that makes you start to think and realize, oh, okay, like this is how I would explain this thing to someone and et cetera. And this is a mom, um, she's like a, a Catholic mom believe she's homeschooled or something her kids and um it was just a beautifully written book and um that's what I was reading whenever I decided to write that Instagram post that I read to you guys at the beginning and that book just it made you feel more confident and more equipped to to handle these type of situations um and to, again, speak the truth with love. And it tells you how when you're coming from maybe a Christian perspective and you're trying to explain something to someone, they might be like, oh, you're a Christian. That's what you believe in. But actually, you can explain these things to someone, even if they're an atheist. You can tell them just based off of logic, reason, um, and morals and how everyone has some sense of morals and um they know how they know that if they know that if they were to kill someone and they knew that that's wrong that guilt those things that's that's their morals that's their conscience talking to them god has that built into us into our hearts and into our minds and because we know that and we feel that and we're able to tell that then there's certain things that we can also maybe experience the same things with like let's say you get an abortion, you might actually experience some of the same things that you would, those same feelings, those same regrets, those same hurt, etc. That guilt that you might experience when you kill someone. Um, Like, let's say you murdered someone or whatever. Because those are things that are just naturally built into us. That's why you can explain to someone why those things are wrong and how things like abortion and divorce, etc. breaks people apart and it it makes them turn to bad things like alcohol, drugs, etc. to numb the pain. And if you look at the statistics, it's very, very common for people to do that. Um, and even though they might seem so numb, they'll never be able to forget those things. So you just have to be just so loving and just so caring and so open and you have to speak the truth with love basically this episode is just about just helping you guys kind of like rooting you guys and helping you guys to feel more equipped if this is something that you feel like you need to learn more on etc just just pray to god and he will give you opportunities and i'm telling you that if you're a catholic and even if you're just a protestant you know like there's going to be circumstances and just There's going to be things in your life that you're going to have to stand up for. God gives us those tests for a reason because it's just kind of like how he tested Adam and Eve, you know, like he gives us these tests for a reason. It's like, how far would you go for God? Like, how far would you go as to tell someone, you know, and the thing is, is at the end of the day, it's not your job to save someone's soul or to save someone to you know save a life etc it's your job to plant the seeds and it's god's job to let them grow and sometimes someone's heart can just be so hardened it can be really hard for you to break through 
that hardened heart, but you have to let God start to pull those many layers out. And if you have read Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and I think I've talked about this many times before, a beautiful analogy um, is when Aslan, like when Eustace is trying to scratch his dragon scales off and he can't, he can get it, he can get some of them off, but it hurts so badly. It's like when we try to remove those scars or when we try to be like, no, that hurts too much to get rid of. I don't want to think about the pain. I don't want to think about the things that I've, that I've done that I feel guilty about because it's going to make me feel worse. Like, I don't want a lot to allow God to, like, remove those those many layers and those scars, etc. Like, when that happens, like, that's when we really just need to give our hearts over to God. And if someone is just not there, just they're they're having a hard time praying you can tell that maybe they they're not catholic or christian or don't even talk to god you know like um and just to clarify catholics are christians guys we were the first christians <laughs> um when i talk about christians i mainly mean like pro- protestants and baptists but mainly protestants because um pretty much like every other denomination is just kind of like same thing and i know you're probably like no that's not true etc but protestants got their name protest protestants they protested against the catholic church which jesus founded when he was living here on earth and um he he was he he literally like found the catholic church guys um and it was some people along the way throughout history that didn't like it didn't agree with it and decided to protest against it that's where the name protestant comes from and if you think about it baptist evangelical all that kind of stuff they're all just protestants because um they're protesting against the catholic church they they branched off and formed their own new thing and that's the thing is um even protestants will do that they'll be like they'll start a church some someone will start a church and then the thing is, what will happen is once the church is formed, um, somebody won't like something the pastor's teaching and will be like, fine, so I'm going to go start my own, you know. And that's basically what has happened over the many, many, many years. And it's still happening to this day. Um, and that's if you trace things back to history and through history and you trace things back to Jesus's time, you can tell based off of history and what Jesus founded that the Catholic Church is the one true church because Jesus founded it and sure you might like how a certain church like a certain Protestant church makes you feel but Jesus is more than a feeling um and he's not something you feel you know you don't feel sure you can feel God's love you can feel his warmth you can feel his presence but I think that you know you're a good strong Christian when you can pull through that desert if you know what I mean, because God will have those moments of silence. He will give you those moments of silence. And I almost think of them as mini purgatory times where you feel like God's not listening and God's not with you. Because we know when when we die and if we had sins in our souls, um, we have to be fully purified to in order to get into heaven. I, I'm pretty sure I've given you the analogy that C.S. Lewis gave, and C.S. Lewis wasn't even Catholic, and many um, Protestant, you know, denominations and stuff don't really 
believe in purgatory or know about purgatory. They think you just automatically go to heaven, but the Catholic Church very much believes and talks about purgatory. You can find proof in the Bible. Um, there's actually like a purgatory museum um, where God has allowed people in purgatory to come and speak to their loved ones and ask them for masses to be said, etc. And so um, there's a I think there's a book about literally I think it's just called Purgatory or something. Um anytime I read those those stories I get chills and it almost makes me afraid, you know? But it's like good fear, right? And it's that fear of wow, I God has given me so many opportunities to suffer here on earth and I really need to I need to start doing that. And so I also like to think of those moments in our life where we don't feel God's presence. That's when he's with us the most, but it's it's the fact that we have to pull through those times and have to fully rely on him. And I call those like now I like to call them like mini purgatory times because when we're in purgatory, we're totally separated off from God because we need to learn to have those sins and everything that we're holding on to our attachments to be fully we have to fully let go of everything before God allows us to come into heaven with him. Um, but when you're in purgatory, you're guaranteed a place in heaven. You just don't know how long you're going to be there. You don't know how, how bad it's going to be. You know, I mean, there's there's been, um, you know, with the purgatory museum and stuff that has been done and everything and, um, like, stuff that people have studied, like, um, the Catholic Church has studied, etc. Like, we know that purgatory is very much real and... Um, I mean, someone described it as being, like, hot because, like, I mean, it's not hell, but you know what I mean? It's, like, it's still going to be bad, you know? But it's not that it's entirely bad because you're going to have your guardian angel there with you. And God's not just going to abandon you. He's not going to be, like, I mean, he's abandoning you. kind. Well, not really, if you know what I mean. Like, you're separated off from God when you're in purgatory. But he's not, like, abandoning you. You know what I mean? It's not like you're not guaranteed a place in heaven. Like, that that hope is, the hope is heaven in just being able to see God. And we know that there's going to be, like, when we die, God, we meet God face to face and everything's going to hit us, right? We're going to understand everything. Um, And... You know, um, there's been some things where I've read in the Bible and, you know, I could be, I don't know. I don't know what death is like. I don't know what that would be like. I don't know what it's like to meet God face to face. All I know it's going to be is it's going to be uncomprehensible, if you know what I mean. Um, incomprehensible. Why does it uncomprehensible? Incomprehensible. Um, and heaven's going to be like the most beautiful, amazing thing you could ever imagine. Like, when you think of all the amazing things in your life and in the world that just literally make you so joyful, like, it's going to be that, but, like, a million times better. Anyways, the last thing I wanted to touch on in this somewhat heavy but short episode is this last book that I might have mentioned before, but I really wanted to share with you guys because it goes so well with what I'm saying. Um, And it's called... May, oh, who am I to judge? And it's by Edward Suri. Sarai. I think it's Suri. Um, S-R-I is how you spell his last name. Edward Suri. 
of Who Am I to Judge? And it's actually targeted for college students. Um, and it's it's almost like, it's like a book. It's almost workbook-like, but it's not. Um, I know that, I think on Formed, which is this like Catholic, it's kind of like EWTN, but it's like a Catholic thing you just sign up for a subscription to. I know there's some stuff available on there for free. I'm not entirely sure how it works, um, I but I believe we have an account, but it is this, um, they have a lot of like Catholic films and different things on Formed. I know we watched um, this movie on St. Ignatius of Loyola, on there that was really good we watched that on his feast day such a good movie and it really just makes you realize how beautiful suffering for god is um and the the fact and all that he endured in his lifetime it was insane um and how he was able to be so drawn like he like literally took like a 180 you know it was like crazy um it's it was a really touching film but there's there's a lot of other stuff on there but I believe that Edward Suri has like lectures too on there I haven't watched them yet I really should listen to them maybe that's something I'll do this summer um and alongside because it's kind of supposed to be where you read the book um and then there's some questions at the end of the book but he basically kind of breaks it down and explains it further in his like series on formed I I've heard about it I had a friend who's watching it and reading the book alongside of it, but you don't have to watch it. I'm actually, I just started reading the book. I'm like halfway through. I started it last year, but I totally forgot about it. I read a lot of it during quarantine though. And um, it just gives you so much to think about and pray about because at the end of every chapter, there's some questions and he tries to restate some of the things that he was talking about. So that way you kind of, like maybe if you're picking up this book after a week or so um, and you're coming back to it again, like, you kind of get an idea of what he's really trying to tell you about. Um, amazing man. He's a professor, um, but the book is just beautifully done. Um, I totally recommend it because it goes with a lot of what I'm saying. It's kind of like our society says, who am I to judge? That's someone else's thing. We don't judge. We, we respectfully try to turn people in the right direction we're not judging because it is god's it only god can judge um but basically the title of the book is he decided to choose that um, and he even says that in the first chapter or two or in the introduction he talks about how like who am i to judge right um and he's really just talking about like our society says oh that's not my business you know like oh if someone wants to um, get an abortion, etc. That's their choice. Okay. Sure. We all have free will. We have a choice and we should never force someone into doing something because that is not right. But you knew there was a but coming, but it's almost like as, as Christians that the right thing to do, we're not judging. The right thing to do is to lead people in the right direction because sometimes people don't know better. Sometimes people want to go with the flow. Sometimes they're scared. Sometimes they are, are hurting. And or, and really most of the time it's their pride getting to the better of them and they just don't want to admit it. Um, people can just be very strong-willed. But he really goes into detail about that and he just seems like an amazing professor I don't know if he teaches at a college or what but I know he does a lot of like 
Uh, he writes a lot of Catholic um, books and um, things similar to this, um, like who am I to judge? And I know it's kind of targeted for like college students or, you know, high schoolers, like seniors and stuff going into college because so if you're going to a big secular college, you're going to run into things that maybe you didn't think you were going to expect or maybe you expected it, but maybe you didn't realize how much of it there, how much of all this garbage there really is. And you really need to be equipped to deal with this and you need to guard your heart. You need to protect yourself. You need to do all this stuff, etc. And it's so important as a Catholic to do these things because you don't want to lose your faith. You you don't want your friend to have to go through that heartbreak and that suffering, that guilt, etc. and that feeling like they can't turn to God that they might get if they get an abortion or a divorce or um, if they, you know, want to change genders, etc. And I think this topic is very fitting because as you guys know, it's Pride Month, and that is everywhere, and that's just, it's insane. I honestly feel like it's a market at this point, because <laughs> um, stores can just put a, um, a flag and some things, and they make lots of money, and I just think it's so, so wrong. I know eventually there's going to be, like, um, pro-choice month. There probably is something in that, in that range, um, but again, guys, it's like you don't hate, you don't judge. That's the mi- big misunderstanding. And it's not just that the Catholic Church teaches this because I've, you know, I've heard stories where Catholics think that these things are morally okay. And I even know some Catholics who think these things are okay. And it's not that. It's really more of like that the natural law, the natural like morals that God places on the human heart, whether you're a Catholic or an atheist that really can show so much about how all these things are wrong and how it can break a family. It can break a person. Um, It destroys family. It literally destroys life. Same thing for like euthanasia and a physician is assisted suicide and stuff. And you really have to start thinking about those things the older you get, because you might have to make these decisions down the road. And It's so important to just be equipped and ready. But most importantly, it's so important to pray and have a good, strong relationship with God. And it's a very serious thing that's happening in our society that's getting worse. Um, And there's all this crap that people are going to tell you lies about, like um, global warming, um, the ice caps shifting etc and you just have to not anyways um I just wanted to have an episode about this because it's definitely something I think about quite often um and because I've read a lot and I've done some research and I've taken um a year-long class like I do feel like it's something that I could talk a lot about And, um, I knew that at some point I wanted to have an episode on here where I talked about that. Um, and I come across as kind of being like a little too serious or offensive. I'm not trying to be whatsoever. This is literally just me speaking the truth. And, um, these are just, 
known facts and things. Um, I've, I've done research. I've looked at statistics. Um, my class was actually taught by a doctor. Um, and she literally just got her master's in bioethics. I'm just so happy for her, so proud of her. Um, and I would not be able to say all that I can say today if it weren't for her. An amazing teacher, amazing woman, and um, mother, and just, she she's just so amazing, so inspiring, you know, um, as someone who is, you know, thinking about also getting master's in bioethics at some point you know I'm always open to whatever God is calling me to do and um, you know while I think pursuing bioethics is a very scary thing in our society today it is just something that I find is so important anyways I hope you enjoyed this episode um, I apologize if it was a little messy and all over the place again it's been a very very long week um I just have had a lot on my mind um just there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now but I think like literally that's happening to everyone so not I should not be the one to complain um but it happens to everyone you know and it's all about just going through life and purgatory time my friends purgatory time thank you so much for listening my dear little friends and i will hopefully make a podcast episode um well i guess next week this week so yeah take care